And now, Bob Elliott and Ray Goulding present the CBS Radio Network. consider some other things, uh, if you'd want. What's the matter? Somebody there complaining Somebody about the Somebody here music? in the front row has been uh, gassing away at me about the theme. They want to change it. Uh, and, uh, well, do you have, they have any better suggestions? Do you have any uh, better suggestions for it? No, I haven't. It's just that... Uh, are you a songwriter yourself? Huh? Are, you, are you a songwriter? Or do you have well, any I can interest? write a song if you want to commission me. Have you written any sort of published songs in the past? Uh, several, yes. Yeah. I indeed have. Well, well, you can ride up on stage and break into well, the I, Well, if you want to break into one fast, then we have an awful lot to do today. Why, uh, the song uh, uh, that I Wait, you get up here, will you? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Bob, uh, the song that I wrote is called uh, Father's Day. Well, it's kind of an inappropriate time to be singing a Father's Day song, but as we don't plan to talk with you at very great length, you want to give us a little touch of it so we can... All right. Here. We remembered Mother. We yeah. remembered okay, Sister. Okay, would you back to where we were sitting there? Back to further back. Uh, we seem to have forgotten Father. Um, the old man... Standing by with our Bob and Ray mobile unit at uh, Denver, Colorado, is Arthur Schrank, who is uh, the announcer with the tuna fish that we have sent out to replace uh, Dave, the whale, until he is found. And I think Arthur is on his way now to a house in Denver with uh, KLZ's manager, Lee Fondren, out there. And uh, they're going to visit a group of Denver radio columnists. Is that right, Ray? So uh, we'll see what the reaction to the substitute tuna is, or to the tuna that's a substitute for the whale, right now as we call in Arthur Schrank. Hi, everybody. This is Artie Schrank from Denver, Colorado. Beside me here in this limousine is Lee Fondren of KLZ Denver. And in connection with the great Bob and Ray promotion. Yes, Mr. Fondren. In connection with the uh, promotion we have attached to the rear of this... That house uh, right over there with all the lights on. We're having a great time. Dry up, Fondren, on the air. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, We have attached to this limousine uh, a small tank that contains a large tuna. Uh, Mr. Fondren, if you'd care to describe to those listening just what you've planned uh, as the uh, surprise for all these Denver radio flowers. Well, as you know, it is going to be a complete surprise to them. We sent them uh, blind invitations to uh, arrive here this evening, saying there would be a big surprise in store. Uh, they fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it kind of ties in with your tuna fish. You Very good, That's Mr. Fondren. But I'm going to tell I'm them first. I'm going to stand just one side <clears> when <throat> the door opens. I'll, uh, Mr. Fondren, you take over. All right. Surprise! Surprise! Surprise, everybody! Surprise, radio columnist of Denver. We have a live tuna for you. Come out and take a look at Bob and Ray's tuna fish. Won't be as impressive as Smelly Dave, the great whale, but it's the best they could do. We thought you'd like to see it. Is this your idea of a joke, uh, Mr. Fondren? Well, what do you mean? Well, uh, we're pretty serious people. We're staying 
I've been sitting up here all evening expecting well, something you, important. Well, you got the invitation saying there would be a surprise. This is it. Well, boy, Mr. Fawn, you, you're really in trouble. Well, let me you. out of here, boy. Uh, this is on oh, Wait, I think Some, you are. Oh, something has gone wrong. Before we uh, return it, uh, Mr. Fawn is in serious trouble with all the columns here. And, uh, uh... Gee, I don't know what to say. I'd like to thank everybody here at KLZ Denver, who up until this moment was having a good time. Uh, I'm afraid we better... That's right. It... Let's get out of here, quick. Get the motor going. Thank you, Bob. All right. Hello. Hello, Arthur. Well, it was a quick cut there, I guess, huh? I think so. Well, too bad. The tuna isn't getting the reaction the whale did. Uh, just a second. Uh, I'd like to talk with uh, some of the folks here. Uh, all right there, you young man. Uh, I'm ready now to demonstrate the difference between ordinary sound transmission and stereophonic transmission. You all set? Ready? I'm sorry, Professor. I don't hear any difference. Precisely. You mean there isn't any? Well, uh, not enough to get excited about in most makes, except... Except? Except Stereo One by Columbia. Stereo One by Columbia? No, I said it first there, young man. Yes, Stereo One by Columbia, the years-ahead stereo phonograph that sweeps every inch of a room with sound. Live, thrillingly real. There's nothing to match it. It's different, huh? It's number one in the wonderful world of sound, that's all. So go down to your Columbia phonograph dealers and ask for a demonstration. Better still, here, let me demonstrate. alive. I'm surrounded. And now, boys and girls, time once again for Lawrence Spectenberger. And now, chocolate cookies with white stuff in between them brings you another episode of Lawrence Spectenberger, Interstellar Officer Candidate. Spectenberger's mother and father leave for the Space Academy to try and get help for their son and Mark Mellish, who are prisoners in the spaceship circling the Earth. We see the two as they try to radio the Space Academy. Mellish? Yeah, Spectenberger. Are getting anything on that radio? I think something's coming in now. They're just over the Pacific Ocean. Take us long to circle the globe in this ship. Oh, we're going like 60. <laughs> oh, there's those Polaris people again. They're the ones who have caused all this trouble, Beckenberger. They're the ones who aimed us from Polaris to circle the Earth, missing it by one mile. We should be nearer the Earth wavelength pretty soon. It's sketchy music. It's a baseball game. Two and one, the cop. And here's the pitch. Swings and he misses. Oh. Well, I'm afraid it's fading up now, Fackenberg. I'll go so fast. I'll try some more. We're moving across America like this, you know. I hope they're trying to do something to get us down. That sure isn't Polaris. 
And by the same token, it's not the school commandant's radio either. <laughs> oh, it isn't. That makes me sneer back to the Ah, here at Comiskey Park. sickness on trolley cars. Well, here, I'm going to knock on his door. I hope he's in. Hello, Commandant. We're Mom, Pop, Beckenberger, Lawrence's mother and father. Yes, yes, come in, sit down. Thank you. We wonder if you've been making any plans to get poor Larry down from space. Well, actually, we, we have. We're in the process of building a huge magnet. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Oh, say, let's go outside. I think it's time for Lawrence and Mug to come over. Well, let me look at my watch. You can hear their pulsating notes as they pass by. Yes, it is time. This is the lowest point in their orbit, too. Yes. Oh, here they come. Hello, Lawrence. Did he hear us if we we called up to him? No, I don't believe so. There he goes. As soon as we get the huge magnet finished, we may be able to reach up and pull them out of space. Think of it. They're over Iceland right now. And so, although Lawrence and Mark don't know it, plans are afoot at Space Academy to try and bring them back to Earth by way of a huge magnet. Be sure and join us next time when we'll learn more about the possibility of its success when we hear Mara Fechtenberger say, Yes, I believe it will work. In the next episode of Lawrence Fechtenberger, Interstellar Officer Candidate. And uh, right here, maybe, we should remind everybody that we have pictures now of Dave, the Bob and Ray whale, who was whale-napped uh, a few weeks back. And if you'd like one, just to send a request to uh, to us here at CBS, 485 Madison Avenue, New York. Just tell us that you think something's fishy, and uh, and we'll get that uh, picture right out to you immediately. I think we ought to remind everyone, too, or to tell them that tomorrow morning we're going to be guests uh, with Galen Drake over the CBS network, and he mentioned that he might have some information on Dave at that time to well, give us. Wonderful. So uh, we'll be there in the morning. And don't forget to request if you want a picture of Dave. Now, I think it's travel time, isn't it?
Hello again, this is Tom Lowell, your world-renowned travel man, here to answer travel questions sent in by listeners on this, the world of travel. Are you ready with the questions, Ben? Uh, yes, I'm all set. And the first question, please. Uh, when traveling on a train, is it a good idea to sit over the wheels? Well, it chafes a bit, but if the average traveler is hardy and doesn't mind the discomfort, why not? Go ahead and sit over the wheels. Is, uh, I'm sorry, are you through? Yeah. Is Dodge City safe these days? I don't think a vacationer would have to worry about that then, except when there's a cattle drive going through town, and at such times, some of the men in the cattle drive get a little ornery and smash up a few of the cocktail lounges in the area. But uh, no shoot-ups or anything like no. that? No. The old law whereby the sheriff had to give each newcomer to town a pistol is no longer in effect. Good. Uh, Mr. Lowell, if a person wanted to relax and live to a ripe old age... Uh, where would he go and what would he do? Well, Ben, if I wanted to live to a ripe old age, I'd probably spend six months on each of the thousand islands. I see. Well, now, uh, with atomic-powered passenger lines being built these days, liners, that is, uh, how will a traveler be able to distinguish between the atomic vessels and the standard passenger liners now in service? Well, this way to find out what kind of power a ship is using is to watch the crew around sailing time. They abandon ship. It's a pretty safe bet the vessel is using atomic power. Right. And is the uh, trombone festival in Stanchard, Maine, anything to see? Yes, it's something to see, all right. Especially the Grand March, with 7,600 trombones being played at once. But I would warn the vacationer, with 7,600 men pushing those sliding things back and forth on the trombones, they'll cut down everything in front of them. They'll get in their way. I see. Uh, well, now, let's see. Maybe one more question, Mr. Lowell. Uh, could you tell us something about the Sweet Music Festival? Yes. It's always held at the Bubbling Springs, New York, and if any of you listeners out there decide to visit the Sweet Music Festival, please say hello to the festival's gracious new hostess, Domestic champagne woman, Laura Lee Williams. Congratulate her. Thank you, uh, Miss Law. I think we're running out of time, but uh, you come back next week, you hear? We have uh, several questions that we want to ask you. I'll do that, Ben. Thank you, and so long for now. Keep smiling. Who does he call Ben, anyway? His announcer, I guess. Oh. Well, that would do it for now, and uh, we'll be here tomorrow. Say hello again. Until then, this is Ray Goulding reminding you to write if you get work. Bob Elliott reminding you to hang by your phone. CBS Radio Network. Your city editor's report is next on KNX.